Life Audio. I think a lot of people, man, they're not willing to suffer. And I don't even mean mm. suffer for the sake of sin. I mean suffer for righteousness sake. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. We're back, baby. <laughs> it feels like we hadn't been in here forever. I know, for man. Reason. Episode 59. Last week, you saw our brother Josh Epifanio. If you uh, haven't seen that, go back and watch it. Check out his music. It'd be, it'd be great. Uh, but yeah, we have, a, we have a podcast today. We're going to talk about something that... I think boiling it down, and as we dive in, it's going to really touch on some theological stuff. Uh, but it's it's really just a it's a comment or a scenario that we hear a lot. Um, before getting into that, though, what are you wearing? Come on, baby, you see it. Houston Astros World Series champions. Steroids. Twenty twenty two. Does that say steroids? Shout out to Tom. Oh, Shout series. out to Mike. I have your back. I am your brother. And that's why I defeated the team that beat both of y'all's teams this year. So you're welcome. And just real quick to Mike. Oh, boy. I got something. Hold on, Mike. Oh, boy. What we got here? I did not know this is not a part of the plan here. This could go. Oh. So we just so happen to have one extra little nitro. And actually, did y'all make a bet? midway through <laughs> the season, right, we made a bet. And the bet was going to be off if my team didn't win the World Series or his team didn't win the World Series, that he would eat this. And so he's saying he doesn't remember the bet, therefore it doesn't happen. So I don't know if in the real world that's a thing or not. So like today at staff meeting? Today can, at staff meeting. We'll film it and we're put gonna it in film this episode? It and hopefully we can put it in this episode. Okay. I don't think knowing Mike, he's going to do it. What? But you wore the jersey. I wore the jersey. Wow. I wore the jersey. Well, well, we'll we see. have the little nitro for Mike when he's ready for okay. it. Okay. All right. Well, here's a clip of that right now. Yeah. And if he didn't do it, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah man so congratulations on that i guess uh there's the steroid gate that's still investigating about that land. made up per, me made up per espn's <laughs> analyst adam comer <laughs> here's that article that i sent to uh chitty yeah um i'm gonna have a lot of edits for jorian today jorian say hi to the camera it's good to see you we didn't have you last week the camera was messed up um and the week before i think but but yeah so man there's just a i gotta also go back in the past just because a few episodes ago, we did the Christian Mingles episode, and then a few, one or two after that, we talked about it, and there's just comments and comments about they're wanting to start a GoFundMe page for you to actually log in to your yeah. Christian Mingles account that we spent an entire episode creating. Yeah. I should probably go ahead and buy a subscription because I've had people message me saying they'll donate to a GoFundMe in order to get me a subscription. They're and commenting on the need, YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't need anybody to do that. Um, I guess I've just been lazy and procrastinating and I haven't done it. So here's what you can do. I guess the price of love is forty nine ninety nine. I don't know if I'm willing to pay that a month. A month. <laughs> so here's what we are asking. Doesn't need your money. But if you do know a nice girl uh that loves the Lord, um tell her about Chitty. He uh he's a character. That I am. That I am. <laughs> this just got real awkward it's got for real me, awkward. It got real awkward, but I love it. Let's live here. So here, here's what I want to do. I want to um, I want to dive into this episode, but let's go ahead and take our first quick break. Um, we've had hopefully we've we've had a little bit longer of an episode with that video put in. 
I don't think we, we're going to be able to show the – we probably didn't show the full five minutes of Mike, but probably just like a time-lapse, fast-forwarded version of He's that, not going to so. do it, but yes. I know. He probably won't, but here we go. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. We're back. We're back. Oh, there is victory in the Lord. I say, to say that for staff victory. Meeting. Oh, I'll save it for staff meeting too. Anyway, so here, here's the question. I'm going to pose it. I'm going to throw it out there, um, and I might even, I might even kind of elaborate on on why we think it's it's kind of a f- fallacious um, comment. And so, so here's what here's what we see. A lot of times when we put uh, when we make a post, and it is somewhat of a popular post, meaning a lot of people have shared it and a lot of people see it, uh, there's always, always, always a comment. Uh, and here's what it says. No matter what the post is about, just because it's typically about recovery and things like that, there's someone that's angry uh, or concerned that the the drug addicts are the reason that no pain responsible pain uh, management people can't get their prescriptions, can't get their opiate drugs, and it's because of people abusing the drugs. And, I mean, I see that. I see that argument, and I understand um, there are certain reasons uh, that certain people might need uh, that kind of pain medication to manage pain. Absolutely, I believe medication in and of itself. We're not Scientologists here. We believe that... Uh, medication is a common grace of God. Uh, and what I mean by common grace, uh, it means like obviously there's a grace that's uh, that's um, aimed at just cr- uh, God's elect, his children, the ones that are born again. There is a certain grace that is not welcome to all, right? Like our sins are pardoned. Our gra- His grace is, is sufficient for us to save us and uh, by the blood of the Lamb. But there's a common grace that is good for all, right? There's a common grace that all of God's creation, we're all created by God, we're not all God's children, right? But there is a common grace by God that goes out to all of God's, God's creation, uh, medication being one, right? The scientific advancements, I would even say the enjoyment of a good steak, right? A, a non-believer can enjoy a steak um, as well as a Christian can enjoy a steak. I think yeah. worship and things of those type things it ends on God for the believer, therefore it makes it a more pleasant experience because it doesn't end on self. But those are examples of common grace, and we're not against those. The problem being is that my list of people that should be on those medications is a lot different than your list probably, right? Yeah. I believe designed um, 
very late stage patient, uh, cancer patients, um, things like that, that are in, in dire pain and there, there is no solution there and it is going to, and I, and I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying there's, there's those types of levels that I am saying, yes, the medication that we're talking about, that is just a molecule shy of, of straight heroin, um, or a molecule different than just straight heroin, that's not meant for a, a toothache, yeah. right? That's not meant for a headache. That's not meant for a, a broken, I mean, that's, there's, there's things there. And again, I'm not a physician, so I'm not trying to be, but I'm just saying my list is different than your list. And here's the data that backs up my list, and I'm going to hand it off to you. Yeah. In the United States of America, we use 80% of the global opioids in the world. 80% of the global opioids. Mm, that's crazy. The United States of America is 5% of the global population. So it begs the question, are we in just in a lot more pain in this country than other countries? I don't think so. I, I don't, and, I'll, and I'll circle back after you talk, but I, I know that we're not, not in more pain, right, yeah. in our country than, than other countries. And so... That's kind of the baseline of what we're wanting to talk about today. There's, there's, it, it's probably going to be, it's just something to address. We're going to address things biblically too inside of this, um, but that's where we're at. Yeah, and you mentioned a, a list of people or situations in which you think people would need this sort of pain medication would be different from others. Right. For example, same same thing goes with me and my list would look similar to yours, which is probably vastly different than the majority of the secular world. Right. Um, and, and to speak on to that, I would use the example of ourselves or men who have come through our program. In a secular world, most people would say MAT, meaning medically assisted treatment, sure. meaning these oh, guys should be turn, on baby. Suboxone. These guys should be on methadone. These guys need to be on some sort of pain management um, curriculum in order to stay sober. Well, we know that's a lie. Why? Because I lived that life myself. I've seen what the power of Christ can do in a man's life. I've seen men come here on methadone and leave free from those things and realize, hey, this is not something I need to stay sober. Or even the fact that this isn't something I need for my pain. I Let me add to that. Because not only I'm in agreement with him, but not only can we share our own personal story inside of that, but we also have five years, a decade of experience of working boots on the ground mm -hmm. with these men coming into treatment. And here's what we're seeing every year. And the numbers getting higher because MAT is the standard. And now we're seeing that the fruit of that after a couple of years, every year, more and more people are coming into our program to get off of the drugs that they were given to get off of the drugs. Amen. So they're radically addicted. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't discussed. I didn't know we were going MAT route. I liked I liked that what you did there. But correct me with, um, if I'm wrong and then take over. In fact, the people that come in trying to get off of these MAT drugs, these maintenance medications, they say that the withdrawal and the, and the detox is like three times worse than heroin or three times worse than just the pain pills. And this is the drugs that they were given and told that you could get off of these drugs, but they become highly addictive and all of a sudden it needs more and more and more. Same old rat race. Right, and they're managing a pain that I don't even know if it, exists mm. you know what i mean it's managing something that after a man has gone through the withdrawal phase there's no need to manage pain any longer than that 
but you're seeing it be prescribed in heavy dosages and put in, put, uh, putting these men on it for a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. And it's like, what pain managing are you doing other than getting a man hooked to this drug? Yeah. Cause that's exactly what's happening. I've witnessed countless men withdrawing, shaking, shivering, can't even sleep from methadone, yeah. from suboxone, it's like in their bones. from these drugs that are supposed to help you in some form or fashion get off another drug, but all it does is get you addicted and keep you on something. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and here's what I'll say too, and I don't know if you can relate, but I mean, I was introduced to pain medication because I had a back injury. Yeah. Um, and it was never, it was never doctor prescribed. It was a medicine cabinet. Hey, this will help. And didn't feel dirty. Didn't feel like stealing. It was like, Hey, this will help. But then I took it and I was like, Ooh, long story short, man, our brains are very, very powerful. God gave us a, a brain that is unlike any of all creation. Yeah. So much so that our brain, my brain was telling me that I was in pain like severe pain. And, and and I'm not speaking for everyone because there is legitimate chronic pain that needs to be addressed. I'm just challenging to what degree of narcotic that needs to be addressed. So, so hear me out. And, and I hope this relates and I hope maybe this is hope for someone. I hope that this is hope. Legitimate injury got hooked on pain medication and I was chronically in pain. In fact, that turned into, I couldn't even get out of bed I couldn't go to a meeting. You've heard me talk about it. I couldn't make a phone call yep. until I had the drug. Yep. But the justification was I'm in pain and I need it. And it was real. Like I felt it. To where at some point I stopped taking it, right? Got, got, God saved me, set free. I never had a surgery to fix my back. Like this was years of drug addiction and pain. It wasn't like, oh, I stubbed whatever. I just healed up with a good ice pack and that's why you didn't have any pain. It was years of this pain to where now I'm off that medication that doesn't have its hooks in my brain and the receptors. And man, I've never had a surgery to this day. And I'm not, I mean, do I have pain in my back sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. But you know what takes care of it? Aleve. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> Knocks it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I know that's not, I know that there is chronic pain stories and I wouldn't classify it, but I would say the vast majority of people struggling with this that are truly feeling that are in pain. Hey man, give it a shot another way. Let your mind become clear. Let your mind get released of these hooks of these opioids that are lying to you. that are telling you that the opioid is the answer for most part of your life. Uh, try it another way. Try a non-narcotic um, route. Try, mm. uh, you know, all of these other situations that can be beneficial, chiropractor stretching. And maybe it turns out that you you didn't have as bad a pain or your body heals itself and, and your mind has released that you are okay. Yeah. Is that a similar with you or anything like that? No, I didn't ever get it prescribed. I didn't either. Um, and get addicted in that sort of way. Did I try and take things, I guess, for... No, I would be, I would never say I took something because I was in physical pain and then got addicted to it. No. But what I will say is this, it's like, that's what's sad about getting opiates or pain um, pills prescribed to you. It's like, that's the justification a man who struggles with addiction needs. The second I can get a doctor or convince a doctor to write me a script, 
I now am validated on why I need to be taking this drug and why I need to be on these pills. And it gets you in the door. Yeah. And before you know it, a year's gone by, two years has gone by, three years has gone, five years has gone by, and I need this. I've convinced myself, and now I'm able to easily convince others because this is from a doctor. Yes. Therefore, you can't speak into what I'm taking because because it is from a doctor, and he has stated that I need it. Yeah, same argument with alcohol is legal, same yeah. argument with the, the other non-opioid pills. Uh, and I just try to be careful not to say names because I know there's a lot of guys – young in this walk. And so I don't, you know what I'm talking about. I just don't need to say the name. So yeah, man, I think so. so kind of circling back to, um, our answer, uh, let's dive biblically and, and why that, why we justify it biblically. What we're saying is, are we in pain more than the rest of the world is 5% of the world's population radically more in pain than the rest of the world? Yeah. The answer is no. The way that we deal with pain is radically different. Um, we numb, right? I think here in the United States, man, God has blessed this nation from its conception. Uh, and we've turned from God uh, for sure. Uh, I believe there is a movement happening. Uh, we, we've proclaimed from the, these seats, from stage, from just the feeling that God's from the rooms of recovery comes the revival of a nation. I also look and see the, a younger generation coming up just worshiping and praising God. So I believe there are some things happening, uh, but we as a nation have dealt with pain um, and everything else radically different than we should. Uh, we shouldn't have to feel bad, right? Feeling bad, feeling pain, going through hard times, we don't deserve that. What's the answer? I'm going to numb it. I'm going to go for the cheap way out the cheap substitute, mm -hmm. the bootleg thing. Uh, and what is that? That's idolatry. What is that? That is, uh, maybe our culture, you know, we, we've been a very successful country. Uh, and so we're, we're taught that, uh, we are all that matters and that our life is in shambles and this product will fix it. And so it's a very, um, uh, market driven, uh, you, something's wrong with you. Here's the answer kind of thing. Uh, but why do you think, why do you, when the Bible clearly says that we should have joy in trials and yet we see a trial as such a bad thing all the time. In fact, we're going to numb it. How would you respond to that? Obviously that's a train wreck waiting to happen that we're in the midst of the train wreck. Now speak on that from like a biblical worldview uh, and how we're dealing with things when Christ says come to him. Right. I think we've become a generation that is very soft and always looking for shortcuts and yeah. the short way, the easy way out of certain things. I'm going to read this from first Peter chapter four. This is verses one and two. And it says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And I think a lot of people, man, they're not willing to suffer. And I don't even mean mm. suffer for the sake of sin. I mean, suffer for righteousness sake. I mean, suffer to become holy, to become righteous as the God, as God calls us to walk. Um, 
I'll use an example once again of like guys who come to our program. I'll see it a lot of times. Well, maybe not a lot of times. I was this myself, but I want to do the bare minimum and expect a maximum outcome. So I want to put in very little work. I want to read very little. I want to study very little. I want to pay attention very little. I want to hold on to all these selfish things and desires and ways in which God's called me not to live. But God, I want you to do everything for me. I want you to bless me abundantly. I want a a wife. I want a family. I want all these things, but I'm only willing to do very little. And I think we take that same. Because you deserve it, Ryan. And that's exactly what it is. We become a very, very entitled people as a whole and as a culture and that I deserve everything and therefore since I deserve it I shouldn't have to do but very very little or what I'm willing to do is all that I'm going to do and not anything more than that and so that whole methodology that whole mentality plagues us in every way imaginable man being a Christian is not easy it doesn't mean everything goes my way it doesn't mean every day is the best day it doesn't mean everything that I desire to happen is going to happen it doesn't mean everything I pray for is going to come to pass that that's not what that means in fact there's a lot of suffering to endure now there's joy in the midst of the trials there's peace in the midst of adversity I have all those things in Christ but that doesn't mean it's easy I think we're a generation who looks like I said for shortcuts and everything to be easy yeah. and the second something gets hard it's like eh, i'm done yeah i can't do this anymore this has become way too difficult i just I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out yeah and when you when you go that route when you've become the victim which that's the men and we talk about this I, I feel like we repeat things but i mean goodness 60 59 episodes something like that and the truth doesn't change and so you're going to hear a lot of truth you said we're soft as a nation um were were victim mentality the 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 currency of today's culture is who is the most uh oppressed oppressed who's the most victimized mm-hmm. um and then you proclaim that you shout that banner that I'm the most oppressed and then you have the most currency in culture mm-hmm. man that's just a victim yeah. like if you're a victim that's just a, it's a, it's a life that the Bible speaks against when he calls us more than conquerors. As I talked about at catapult, the Bible calls us, um, image bearers of the most high God. And when we've adopted a mindset of victimhood and it's everyone else's fault and we live in this pit and we numb that feeling and we numb that feeling and we want the easiest way out. We don't want to work for anything, man. We just become, um, asleep. And the Bible says, wake up, O sleeper, mm. right? When the Bible asks us to have a veil uh, removed when we see Christ. Uh, and, and I also kind of want to go back to, well, well, let me read my verse in Proverbs chapter 20. It says, wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And an alternative version says, whoever is led astray by it will not become wise. And that's fascinating to me because when you are... And I, and I believe that these things that we're talking about are idols, right? Meaning when I'm choosing other things, myself, I deserve, when I'm choosing a pill, a drink, a porn, a porn, what is a porn? <laughs> when I'm choosing these things yeah. to fulfill this need of mine, instead of fighting for it, instead of going to the arms of the Father who says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your soul. When I'm choosing those things, that now makes them idols, Right. And so, again, back to the episode, I, we're not saying medication's evil. I don't believe that alcohol is evil. I don't believe, 
porn is evil for sure, but those other, but I do believe that when we make them idols, they're horrible things. Yes. They're always bad gods. And the Bible says that we won't become wise. And it's almost like, then we must be becoming stupid. We must be asleep. We must be, and I mean, look at our culture today. And again, this is not a rant. This is a call to people listening to that. There is hope. We just said that we know that there's life after addiction. We didn't do these things. Now, all of a sudden, the pain's gone in my life. Now, all of a sudden, I know that I don't have to turn to an idol for the answer. Now that I know I've gone through trials without that stuff, and I see the beauty of God's mercy and his steadfastness and coming through a trial and being wrung out and knowing that, man, God was with me through that. And looking back, I'm like, oh, wow. You know what I learned from that? Oh, wow. That made my marriage stronger. Oh, wow, that that showed me how to parent my child better. Oh, wow, I'm learning something inside of these things. And so, and not to stay kind of hammering down on this, but it's like when you are chasing these things, and the Bible, as in Proverbs says, that you will not become wise, um, I feel like <laughs> you also become lazy. And God didn't make us to be lazy. Uh, he made us in his image. Again, all are created by God, not are all God's kids. But be, having that veil removed as us three, Julian, Ryan, myself do as, as believers in Christ, man, it's easy to see that God's made us to be um, doers and um, of his word and not just so consumed inside of our own life and, and, and sitting and doing nothing. And, and it's like, even video games as an addiction is something we haven't talked about a ton on this, but no. it's it's very relevant in the coming years, I believe, at S2L, because God designed us to be wrung out at the end of the day. Yeah, you go and you work hard. You 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 you're doing your job, whether it's picking up trash, washing a dish, cooking a food, playing a professional sport, whatever it may be. You do your job to bring God glory. And man, if you want to bring God glory in your job. You're busting your tail, yeah. right? You're wanting to bring God glory. So if you get praise, he gets praise. And then you come home. Let's say you have a family and you you pour into them uh, as the as the priest of your home or, or whatever your role is inside of that. And you're pouring into your kids and your wife. You're meant to be tired at the end of the day, right? Tired. And there's so many video gamers. There's so many people just staying up all night. And it's like man, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we're like, what are we doing? God's created us in a different way and it's not easy, but the life that we were living wasn't easy either. Amen. It was, it was numbed a lot, but look at the chaos that it caused. Look at the pain, the destruction, the, the time robbed of our lives and our loved ones lives. And then versus what your life looks like today. Amen. Like you um gave a speech at your college graduation. <laughs> And I mean, I'm just looking at that and thinking, man, your voice, God used your story, your voice to go out to the collegiate field and the hundreds of people or whatever that were in that room. And, and it was like, oh, he's not, at, he's not up at four in the morning worrying about his next fix. Yeah. He, he might be up at six, five, six in the morning writing a speech, mm. but he's not wasting his life on himself and on idols. And it's like, that's the life that God called us to, to, to be more than conquerors, to, to go into your job the next day. And people be like, what is that? What kind of coffee does that guy drink? Cause I just want some, 
right? They, they, they you're, I don't know, man. I, I get passionate about this, but let's take another quick break. You have something you want to add or you want to do it after the break? After the break. Let's take another quick break and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back. We're back. We're back. So I'm going to let you take over. I feel like I've, I'm going around in circles here, but, but it's, it's logic. It's, it's non victimhood mentality. It's, uh, it's not turning to idols for anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we'll reiterate, you know, the exception is not the rule, meaning that there are legitimate people 100%. who need pain management. They need pain pills. They need um, some sort of pain medication, but the exception is not the rule. What we're speaking is the people who discuss that this must be the rule that every person who says they're in pain should be, you know, um, prescribed some sort of pain uh, management uh, pills. And we, we just don't believe that. But the real thing, and it's what you're kind of discussing earlier is it's like, we've become a godless society. So what happens when you become a godless society is there is no longer truth. Mm-mm. And you're seeing that in our world today. There's tr- truth is, is not a thing apart from God and an objective standard of morals and rules and, and those sorts of things. There is no truth. So what does that leave you in a society if there is no truth? It leaves you opinions and it leaves you feelings. Yeah. That's not really going to get you many places that are fruitful and beneficial when our truth as a society is based on my thoughts and how I feel, you know? And so that makes it very, very difficult because like you said, the, the, the lens that we see life through now is vastly different than what I once saw it through. I was always a victim in my former life before Christ. I was always making excuses as to why I needed this and why I could do that and why I should do this, knowing that it's wrong. But if life's only about me, well, then who's to say these things are wrong? It's right in my eyes. I'm living for me and me alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I think you're right. You're so right, man. If you remove truth, I'm the way I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the father except through me. If you remove truth, yeah. which you can't remove truth, but if you live, a, if you live as a culture, as though there is no absolute standard of truth, which we believe is the word of God. If you live in that way, then now all of a sudden your truth is true. His truth is true. My truth is mm-hmm. true. And there is no God, right? You said a God, the society. Yeah. So we're really just bags of stardust floating around, bumping into each other, fizzing in our brains and coming up with reality. Well, how do you function that way? Now, if your argument in that perspective of, of materialistic, um, what is it, Jorian? Um, whatever, whatever your worldview is, uh, 
if you're playing that game and you try to there's there's if you're really honest with yourself integrity and deep in your brain you know that 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 playing that down and boiling that that mind mindset and worldview down it's insanity but if you're trying to play the game with me you're just like well the truth is what the culture of the day proclaims to be true and that and, and then i would say well okay well is that true in the amazon is their truth different than our truth and then if you say yes okay well, okay. Well, what about in in Nazi Germany? Was that truth? Was that was that true that Jews were were less than human? What about American early American history? Was it true that African Americans were less than human? By no means, as Paul would write, foolish. No, there is a standard of truth, and if you don't, then you can't condemn Hitler. He's just a bag of stardust that was proclaiming his fizz and truth. So he's not he's not morally wrong for a genocide. No, that's insanity. And you would agree with me. So there has to be an absolute standard of truth that we all live by, and that absolute standard of truth has to be outside of us, i.e., the sovereign God of the universe. And guess what? He left that for us, hmm. right? He left that for us. So I don't know, man. You have any final thoughts? Because I could talk about this stuff for days. Jorian, you got any? Yeah, any, hit us any with some thoughts, wisdom, man. This wisdom. is your this is your zone right here. I think that relying on Christ for your healing is ultimately uh, what needs to happen. You can find your satisfaction wholly in Him. Everything that you're seeking in pain pills or drugs or anything can ultimately be fulfilled in Christ and like you were saying like we aren't against medicine you know it's a natural grace that God uses um but you can find your your healing in him and trusting in him and relying on um his word uh, relying on prayer and trusting him in faith Mm. Mm. any final thoughts from you um no nothing that I can. Okay. Remember, send your uh, your female friend's phone. Oh, Ryan Cheddar's phone number. I'm going to say it right now. It is five 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 five. Give him a call uh, or shoot him a text. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, so just circling back, if we live, if we try to live as the culture, to where we are victims, to where we are turning to idols to where we are lazy, we will be ineffective, and we will have, we will be, in essence, the Bible will say we were sleeping. Yeah. Um, the enemy doesn't bother us because we're not effective, and then it's like we're not a part of the kingdom of heaven. But if when the veil is removed, you press back and you become counterculture like every every generation of Christians have had to be, we're talking to you now about Christians because martyrs' blood was spilled for us to even proclaim this gospel to you on this podcast. So that's history. But if you live in the things of God's word, if you if you're not afraid of pressing on, if you trust that His promises are true and good, if you put away the idols because their temporary fix only causes you more pain, and you have enough history to know that yourself and you believe and you march towards in those weary moments, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your soul. If you do those things, you will experience a life that is unlike anything you ever have. Mm. Will you have hard times? Yes. 
Will you look at those hard times in a radically different way than you did before? Yes. And then you'll have just peace and comfort. I'll tell you what you also have on top of that. You'll have things like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I'm missing one, I think. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Man, you know what that sounds like? Sounds like that's life after addiction, and you better believe it. Come on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L, dot net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number two, L, recovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it, but there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.